This is Victoria of TheUnleashedHeart.com, and you're listening to Grieving Voices, a podcast for hurting hearts who desire to be heard, or anyone who wants to learn how to better support loved ones experiencing loss. As a 30-plus year griever and advanced grief recovery method specialist, I know how badly the conversation around grief needs to change. Through this podcast, I aim to educate grievers and non-grievers alike, spread hope, and inspire compassion toward those hurting. Lastly, by providing my heart with ears and this platform, grievers have the opportunity to share their wisdom and stories of loss and resiliency. How about we talk about grief like we talk about the weather? Let's get started. This episode is sponsored by Do Grief Differently, my 12-week in-person or online program that helps grievers who have suffered any type of loss to feel better. In Do Grief Differently, you learn new tools, education, and a method you can utilize the rest of your life. In this program, and with my guidance, you remove the pain of grief. The sadness will always be there because even in complicated relationships, we love but it's the pain of grief that keeps us stuck. Are you ready to do grief differently? Check out my website, www.theunleashedheart.com to learn more. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Grieving Voices, if you've been listening all along. Today is episode 179, and that seems crazy to say. This is the 179th time that I'm sitting down to record for you. And what a blessing and what a ride it's been. And so thank you for being here. And if this is your first time listening, I hope you come back for another episode. Today, I want to talk about anger. And the question is that a lot of grievers have. Um, It's something that I've personally struggled with a lot of my life. And you know, learning about human design and being a manifester, our not-self theme as a manifester is anger. And so every time, you know, and I reflect on my past and my life up to this point, there's a lot of moments where I can distinctly remember where my anger got the best of me. And particularly with a grieving experience, you know, after my dad had passed away and and then being molested uh, a year later and subsequently um, later after that, I was holding a lot of anger in my body. Uh, there was no way for me to channel it. And actually, it wasn't really an emotion that I learned was healthy. You know, so many of us grew up in homes where anger is expressed, but yet we're shamed for it, or um, it's like something to keep to yourself, right? Like it's, you know, don't express it to other people because, I mean, it's it can be hurtful too, right? Like anger projected onto other people can inflict emotional wounds on others. We can be very, um, what's the word, victimizing of others with our anger. And also, we're also suffering 
when we do that because I believe that we are all sparks of love and light and you know we come into this world in love and I believe we go out of this world in love and so I would say anger is a not love theme too for all of us but it's there to serve a purpose I believe as well anger shows us where we have some work to do on ourselves not where other people need to work on themselves or where other people need to heal something within us i think when anger comes up it is like a stop sign like whoa hold the bus why is this upsetting me why do i feel activated by you or this conversation or this thing you did or the feelings that i'm feeling why am I feeling fired up inside? Why am I feeling passionate about this? That you know can come up as anger too when we feel like this injustice is being done. Or, I mean, there's plenty of that around the world right now. And we can feel angry about it. We can feel angry at God for the suffering that we experience in our lives, like I was for many years. Why would God allow such, you know, things to happen? Why would God take a young child's parent away? Why would God allow sexual abuse of children? There's so many questions that come up within our grief and our trauma. And the anger can be so overwhelming and and all-consuming. We have nowhere to put it we don't know what to do with it um and i can't talk about anger without talking about disturbs or short-term energy relieving behaviors which is what we call them in grief recovery um these are things that we do as grievers to relieve or dispel this overwhelming buildup of emotional energy that is caused by the death of a person for whom we are grieving or something someone did to us. And the problem with STURBS is that that's their short term. There's no long-term relief when we just use up energy to distract ourselves from our pain. It doesn't make the pain go away. And One of the most common short-term relievers is anger. And the problem with anger is that you can never finish or complete it. It, It's like this, it keeps looping like a hamster on a wheel. And the more time you spend using your energy to express the anger, you know, and lashing out to the other person or even taking it to the gym, right, and just going to town on a on a punching bag, the less time you spend on what would help you discover and resolve what was left emotionally unfinished for you, either by the death of the loved one or by not addressing what is really at the crux of whatever loss it is that you experienced. And the other issues um, with STURBS, we can, you know, relate it to STURBS and anger is, you know, we want we want to get rid of that anger. We don't know what to do with it. We want to get rid of it. But so what we do is we just kind of 
attempt to disassociate ourselves from it. Like, I just need to get away from the situation. I just need to try and forget about it. And so we start, we might actually slip into these other, these other emotions come into play, right? And then we can feel depressed about where we are in our situation. And we might be sleeping more and spending endless hours watching TV or reading novels that help us escape from our our day-to-day lives and our emotions that we're experiencing, such as strong emotions of, of anger and, of course, grief. But those non-action activities do nothing to help you discover and complete what is emotionally unfinished for you. It's with action that you can turn things around. Being able to find the language and articulate what it is that you are angry about. And often, so often, anger shows us, and in doing the, the steps of grief recovery show us, where we don't have boundaries or where a boundary has been violated. Before we get on the topic of boundaries, I have a shout out for my sponsor of this episode, Magic Mind. You take it alongside your usual morning coffee or tea for seven plus hours of flow. It benefits will build up with consecutive daily use, and most people feel 90% of the effects by day three. And if you have a sensitive stomach, you can take it with a bit of food or a glass of water. And if matcha taste is not for you, you can try it with your favorite milk or added to sparkling water. I personally enjoy the taste of Magic Mind. I think it's got just a hint of a sweet taste in this little two-ounce shot, but it's filled with magical 12 active ingredients scientifically proven to provide sustainable energy, improve focus, and decrease stress and anxiety. One shot gets you into your most productive flow state. Customers report a 40% boost to productivity on average. They say athletes have Gatorade and now creators have Creatorade. And so I just want to give a shout out to them. And if you are listening to this and you want to give it a try, they have a special promotion right now for my listeners. Only in January, you get one month for free when you subscribe for three months at the go to the website magicmind.com slash J-A-N Grieving Voices. That's magicmind.com slash Jan Grieving Voices and use my code grieving voices and that gets you an extra 20% off which gets you to a total of 75% off and remember this only lasts until the end of January so hurry up before this offer goes away and I hope that you find it just as useful for you as I have in my morning routine all right back to the episode and talking about boundaries all right so far we've talked about anger as being a stirb a short-term energy relieving behavior And I've mentioned how when anger arises within ourselves and we feel it coming up in our body and rising up, it's usually in response to something someone did or something someone said or something that we're really activated by. It could be something even we're passionate about, maybe even an injustice in the world. And when we feel this coming up within us, it's it's coming up for to be within our awareness. And really the question we could be asking ourselves when we are feeling anger is a what must be protected and b what must be restored 
These are two questions you can ask yourself when you're feeling activated with anger. And you can choose to either respond to the other person if they've said or done something towards you. But really, that's not going to resolve anything that will probably make that other person just feel defensive. And, you know, unless they're emotionally intelligent and have worked so much on themselves and have addressed so much anger in their life, they're likely to respond like most of society would respond. And that would be in a defensive pattern um, with probably more anger back towards you. And then not only is it something that you're angry about what they just said or did, but now it's even severed that relationship or hindered or wounded that relationship even more. So we deepen these wounds when we don't stop long enough to think about and have some introspection about why we're angry and what is it that is bringing up so much dis-ease within us, this fiery response that we feel in every cell of our our bodies that, you know, we we feel like we just got to punch something or we want to, we have to, like, we have to do something with this activated energy. And so we can either move, move it physically, or you can move it with your mind, right? Like energetically, like I've learned a lot about this just in the energetics of emotions and the energy healing work that I've been doing. And for my personal, my own personal emotional hygiene is we can we can our minds are amazing miraculous things and a tool that is sorely underestimated but because we give it so much power that in circumstances like these when we're feeling angry and it's like poop the monkey mind just takes over and we have this initial response and we don't pause long enough to think and we don't pause long enough to check in with our emotional body um, and it is our emotional body responding to, like I said, these a boundary or something that needs to be protected or something that needs to be restored. And so asking ourselves those questions can lead us to better answers. And so if you want to, you can either physically move that energy with your mind or your body, and then through your breath, which is underestimated as well. Like we can, you can take your, your mind through this mental process of putting, imagine when you feel activated by someone or something, imagine this fiery energy just surrounding you. Feel, feel, imagine yourself as like this flame and allowing it to intensify, allowing those emotions to intensify this flame that you're feeling. It seems counterintuitive, but just stay with me. So you you feel this energy building up and this the fire within you and this boundary fire, right? Like it, let's let's look, think of it as this protective energy, right? Because again, what needs to be protected? There's something within you that is being activated because there's a boundary being being dishonored in some way. You know, maybe it was. You're, you're bound, you're, maybe you value honesty and this person just lied to you. That's going to activate some anger within you, don't you think? Like if that's a real high value for you. And the thing is, is honesty. And we talk about this in UMAP when we talk about values. Honesty is a reciprocal value. We expect that other people are going to be honest. It's a typical reciprocal value. And so when others aren't honest with us, we get activated with anger. And so 
a response to that could be not spewing anger back at the person, but taking that energy and letting it just kind of rise up within you, see your energy field putting up this protective, this protective wall, not a wall, barrier, we'll call it a barrier, protective barrier around you. And see that energy building up. And then you can do it in your mind, or you can really walk away from the situation and do this, or reflect on it later and do this on the situation. Um, But through your breath, put out that fire. Like imagine you're like spitting water on this fire and you can literally dissolve that anger that you felt in that moment that is built up within you, that you're feeling this energy. Put it out, put it out with your breath, but imagine that breath as water because what does oxygen do? It stokes a fire, right? We want to put it out. So imagine you're just blowing water onto this fire, this flame. It's crazy how these visualizations can shift your energetic body in a matter of moments. The mind is so capable that we, and we underestimate it so much. A visual, I use a lot of visualizations in the energy work that I do just because it helps people connect to a part of themselves they don't normally connect to. We just, we just don't take that. And that's where meditation is huge in disconnecting, you know, our monkey mind from our body and and tapping into the body and tapping into the emotional body. So then after we've done this, we can then recognize what are the boundaries that were being violated or dishonored. I think it's so hard for people to articulate what their boundaries are because so many of us grew up without our autonomy, without our boundaries being respected. Uh, For example, let's say you're at a family function. Let's say when you were a kid, you're at a family function. And I I see this, I've seen this myself a lot. And at first I did this with when my kids were young too. Oh, give so-and-so a hug or let grandma give you a hug, hug and kiss on the cheek or whatever the case was. And they didn't want that physical touch in that moment and said no, or I don't want to give grandma a hug or I don't want to give my uncle a hug or aunt, or whoever it is, it doesn't matter. And the child says no, and the parent dishonors that no, and makes them do that anyway. That is a violation of a boundary that a child had, and where their no wasn't respected. Now, if you're listening to this, and you're like, oh my gosh, this happened to me all the time. Think about if you're a parent, have you done this? Like, this is something we learn, right? This is a pattern that we continue through time. But we don't think of these things as laying a foundation of not respecting our own boundaries. So then you become an adult who becomes a people pleaser to make others, so others feel better. So it's almost as if, Well, go give grandma a hug now because she'll feel better. She'll be happier. Regardless of how you feel about it. Now, how does this translate as an adult? Saying yes when you mean no. It's a violation of your own boundary of protecting your personal space. 
And sometimes you might feel just fine giving the hug or showing the other person affection, but maybe there's a moment where you don't. The last thing anybody wants is to be forced to do so and to not have our no respected. And so then if you think about sexual abuse or or things like that, well, that's a definite violation of personal space and safety and all of these other things that create these traumatic emotional wounds around boundaries. So many of us don't wouldn't know a boundary if it slapped us in the face. And then when we have others in our lives who start having this awareness around boundaries, who know themselves well and who know their needs and desires and where they draw the line well and start implementing boundaries to others and communicating those, what do you think people are met with, with boundaries? Or when it's perceived as, well, what's this change about? Like what, when you start implementing boundaries in your life, you're going to have people that are going to be activated by that, right? You're changed. There's something different. I don't like this. Why aren't you letting me walk all over you like you used to, (laughs) right? I used to be able to control you. And now you have these boundaries and now you're standing up for yourself and I don't know what to do with this. This makes me angry. So we can meet anger too just by creating boundaries. And how are we going to be prepared for that? When it comes to boundaries, I highly recommend the book Boundaries. Um, I've actually, it's been several years since I've read it, but um, I think I'm going to actually read it again. I, I Actually, I read it after I went through Grief Recovery Because like I said, it's a great follow-up to grief recovery because you realize in grief recovery where you did not have boundaries and where your parents did not teach you about boundaries because, you know, they probably didn't even have their own, right? Um, It's like, you know, parents with a date night. If parents never have a date night and they're always with their children 24-7, And then all of a sudden they decide they're going to have a date night. Um, What do you think that child's going to feel? Maybe some anger? Maybe some abandonment? Like, why are you doing this now? I want you to stay with me. You've always been with me. Now all of a sudden you're going to go out and you're going to spend time alone and I'm going to be here by myself or with this babysitter and it's probably going to bring up some anger. But that's a good thing. This is how we learn how to work with our emotions, that all emotions are valid. So it's not to say to the child, well, there's nothing to be angry about and dismiss the anger. Rather, explain to the child about boundaries. Rather, teach the child how to breathe through their anger, how to channel it physically or, you know, uh, with their breath or physically with their body to to rid themselves of that energy. These are practical things that we just are never taught in school, right? About boundaries, about anger, about our emotions. I mean, we are so complex when it comes to our emotions. This stuff isn't taught in school. So 
I hope you check into the resource, um, the book boundaries. It has a little bit of a, a Christian spin, but it's not like shoved down your throat or anything. Um, but I hope you check out that book boundaries. I will link to it in the show notes. And just one final thought about about anger is that, and just like grief, you cannot relate to another person if you don't know who you are or where you begin and that other person ends, just as you cannot nurture peace or honor the needs of others until you understand and meet your own needs. And that relates to anger, that relates to grief, and that relates to just any emotion that you're experiencing and the boundaries that you may or may not have. And I think that's been, I think that's one of my missions too, along with changing the conversation around grief and talking about it like we talk about the weather is the mission of knowing yourself, understanding yourself and putting yourself in the way of resources and people and tools and maybe guides or therapists or modalities that can get you closer to knowing yourself, identifying your emotional climate when it comes up, whether it be well, this is grief, or this is anger, and what do you do with it? You know, you can run away from it, it's going to come up eventually, or you can just, you can face it, you can address it, and you can do something about it. So it doesn't impact your life moving forward, because how many times have you had an anger outburst, or an interaction with somebody that it left you feeling angry after? And you're thinking about it days later. Days later. That's no good for you. That's no good for anybody. You know, so then you have these this emotional incompleteness with this other person now. And it's almost like this contract of anger that you have with this person. And I'm here to say that you can blow that up. You can do something about it without having to confront them. And you can do it with your mind, you can do it with visualization, you can do it with writing and burn it. There are ways we can physically move through the emotions that are there for a reason. They are there communicating with you. It is your body communicating with you, whether it's grief, whether it's anger, joy, sadness, everything in between. There are resources out there. You just got to look for them and be open to to learning. And that's what I will leave you with today. Um, I hope you are curious now about the book boundaries and about what boundaries might you not have and might you need and learning more about, you know, really just emotional equilibrium, right? It's not about stuffing down, controlling, or disregarding or minimizing or running away from you know we face when you face this stuff as it arises not like oh I'll, I'll deal with that later once once I get this that and the other thing done or I'll deal with that later once I just sit down and have a drink that's not going to help you my friend your mind is a miraculous tool and a thing that I think most of us waste (laughs) in a lot of ways. So yeah, I'm just sharing some things that I've learned along the way. And I hope you find it helpful. And remember, 
When you unleash your heart, you unleash your life. Much love. From my heart to yours, thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please share it, because sharing is caring. And until next time, give and share compassion by being a heart with ears. And if you're hurting, know that what you're feeling is normal and natural. Much love, my friend.